the side of we haven't been there yet just because uh there, there's so many theories all right ladies and gentlemen um welcome to our first episode of conspiracy exploration where we ask questions that pretty much linger on this conspiracy side of things and for this episode, the first episode, by the way, uh, I got Julio joining me on this one, and we're basically going to tackle a question that has been asked quite frequently. Um, why haven't we been back to the moon in decades? Is the question. And it can go one of two ways. Is it a matter of, A, we don't spend enough money on NASA to take us back there? Or B, have we really not been there? And the actual cost of going there is something that we cannot afford. Yes, yes, yes. Many ways to look at this. So on that, uh, on that note, I'm going to have to lean towards the side of we haven't been there yet. Just because uh, there, there are so many theories and you know ways to go about this. I'm going to start with um, the first one that kind of caught my eye. So um, somebody on TikTok basically said, uh, if you look at the... Um, launches that they videotaped it, like time lapse them and do a freeze frame. You can see the trajectory of the rocket. So I got this pulled up on my my iPad. Now, if you can see, sorry, it's a bit of glare. All right, hey, can you send you me can, that? It's on the drive. So if you can see that, the arc is literally going right back down to the earth. It's not going up at all. It's not going up and then straight. Now, Ricky had a theory saying that in order to first break orbit, we have to bust through the layers that make up our atmosphere, which, to be honest, does make sense. But my question still stands. Um, even if you're, if even if you need to ascend at a slow rate, so that way you don't uh, blow up on the exit. Wouldn't you at least have the same trajectory to ascend straight line? Even if it was slanted a bit, it would still show that it's going up, right? Well, is it possible that it's curving with the curvature of the Earth? Mm, I wish I wish that was the case because I got a secondary photo. And it's basically doing the same thing from a different place. And this one, the distance is even shorter this was going a little bit higher but it is literally arcing right back down to the earth and you can even from, see it you can even see it hit the ocean so this one's from spacex right there's one of elon musk's rockets so yeah there's the spacex x launch and the first one i showed you was the discovery, discovery launch. so that's one of the shows you know i always kind of which shuttle was the one that blew up as it was taking off back in the 80s was that Columbia? I think. I don't, I don't, I don't want to like go down. I don't want to like mislead or give the wrong name out. But looking at the trajectory of Columbia, Columbia stayed fairly straight. And I know they said they had like an issue with like the rocket boosters uh, having an O-ring fail because of the cold temperatures that morning that they had on the launch pad. But that was the Challenger. That, that was a Challenger. Okay. So, like I was saying, but if I remember correctly, the video of that launch, the shuttle stayed, and again, this is all theories, 
we know everything's been proven. We're just talking here for the sake of entertainment purposes, and who knows? I mean, we'll stumble right, across some information. Well, for but a Columbia, second, let's, let's open it up real quick. So if you guys yeah. are listening and watching this, if you guys got any theories behind this, um, please comment down below. Let us know what you guys think. Um, let me let me know what you guys think, what, what you think the reason is why we haven't been back, or if we actually have been back, or maybe they've been going to the moon constantly and just not telling us about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like I said, the spectrum is so wide on this topic that you can literally go in infinite directions and literally I mean, create an entire timeline. You see images of UFOs pop up like every year, and sometimes I'm curious. Are the UFOs or the spacecraft that we're like actually using for space travel at this point? We're not telling anybody. It'll be both. Shoot. What if those are the, t- the, the tests the tests that they're running to test out new like upgrades to the, the, the ships, I mean, right? For all you know, like that could be like a regular transport that we use to go to the moon and back and maybe we got for all I know, we could have some equipment out there. We could have... I, I made the joke the other day at work that every freaking crater on the moon could have been turned into a satellite dish at this point. And the, the moon is one big-ass orbiting freaking, like, satellite dish mess, sending messages back and forth across the universe. Mm. That's a little far-fetched, but if, you know, if it I, was a if joke. I had, think, I had to think about a main hub... If you had to choose between the planets, Mars would probably be the best bet. Yeah. Just because it's already been thought as a way station for extraterrestrials and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that would be a best place to pass on information. I'm just thinking. A place that's fairly you know, far out there too. It has a it has a longer rotation, so therefore its frequency can broadcast more often and reach, you know, the ranges it needs to reach as opposed to moon where it rotates the earth. Every single day, 24 hours. So that signal is, you know, weak and strong and weak and strong. But um, Ricky, uh, too bad he couldn't join in on us uh, for this one. Um, he sent us some of his um, theories about the topic. So uh, first, um, one of his theories was that uh, we have been to the moon. We were told by aliens that uh, not to go back to the moon anymore because the moon is being used as a monitoring station for the Earth. And humans, and they're basically monitoring us like we're a science experiment. And to be honest, to kind of piggyback off that one, I heard a theory that states that we are basically in the midst of a triple experiment between three different uh, extraterrestrial beings. Um, The dinosaurs was one. uh, And the other two, I don't know, but currently... We are basically in the midst of an eighty thousand year old experiment. Is it that possible three that uh, different, three different aliens are basically experimenting with us and, and monitoring us and seeing how well the experiment goes? Is, is it possible marine life is one of like the three that are that are on the planet's surface? I mean, we... well, if you think about it, if we had to think of any any species living on this planet that could possibly survive in the environment of space it would have to be ocean life because they live literally in the environment that is very not 100 percent similar minus the vacuum of space 
but they live in a zero G environment and they have to mm-hmm. move around to survive. It's basically the exact same and their bodies adapt to pretty much all of it. So that you, you might be right. That might be the third experiment. Because the thing that I find funny is, you know, how they are, they're discovering new species of yeah. uh, wildlife every year and whatnot. Like what and if you finding like new bits of ocean life that are like deep in the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. So what if that the experiment is still ongoing and they're still like manipulating and creating like new species to release and see how they interact in the environment? All right, what if here's the Earth one. Is basically, just one big ass petri dish. Here's one for you. What if with uh, commercial fishing, we keep disturbing the experiments? We keep pretty much like taking away and consuming the specimens that they're using. No, I, I can't see that one being impossible. The reason why is because um, we've been doing it for years. For, for thousands of years, we've been consuming sea life. Mm-hmm. And there's still more of them. Like some go extinct and they're just like, well, they clearly could not adapt to the change in the environment and they got they went extinct. So that's the end of that experiment. Yeah, you got to remember, sometimes the change in the environment isn't necessarily a change. It's sometimes like they're being like literally... They're being like fished out of existence, you know, like we're we're eating, we're consuming them at a rate faster than they can reproduce. Well, I'm not saying, yeah, and I'm not saying that's the case for everything, you know, still. And if, and if, the, and if the ocean is a giant experiment, then we're kind of like messing with what the experiment can be, like the controlled effect, you know, like yeah, we're messing with the, not, with the see, I'm saying, I'm saying we're not because. It's a part of us. The entire environment is a part of us. Everything that happens to that ecosystem is basically the controlled variable or the variable that they did not account for. So therefore, it's the X factor that helps them accrue more research. Because the ones that can still survive being overfished and still produce numbers in order to still keep their whole species alive and out of the endangered zone, that's a successful experiment, don't you think? Yeah. And the ones that can't, they just know, well, survival of the fittest, you clearly were not fit enough. And then, um, I forgot, Ricky had another theory. I will go back and uh, read it, but it, uh, it it's on my phone, and we're, we're doing the Skype thing right now. So. Well, let's go back to, like, the whole, to the lunar landing, right? Like, people have pointed out stuff like the flag waving and the, like, flapping in the breeze would be impossible because technically there is not enough. There is no air. There is no wind. No wind. But, I mean, my, my rebuttal to that would be there is the vacuum of space. So there would be some form. Nope. I think. The vacuum, the vacuum of space only affects things that it does not already occupy. For example, let's say a ship. That's full of oxygen, right? There's a crack in the shield. Boom. The vacuum yeah, sucks like, all the air it'd out. It'd be like a plane decompressing in the sky. It basically turns whatever the hell is inside there as a part of it, and then it ceases. It's done. Once all the air is gone, that's it. So planting a flag on the moon and having it billow in the breeze, there is no breeze. One could argue that the the wind is created by the movement of the moon, but the moon isn't moving that fast to create that much wind. 
even if that was possible. Right. Another point is that a photographer uh, go, tells a story that there were only two out. And again, this is like from the point of view of this didn't happen. The photographer says that there were two astronauts that went on the moon. But in many of the pictures, you only you can see a photographer in the reflection of their suits. But what does that have to do with the flag waving? No, this is like a list of uh, of items that people have pointed out in the past to say that like this didn't happen. So that's one of them. Like if you look hard enough, you'll see a photographer. I'm, I'm guessing what they mean by suits is like in the. In the reflective, uh, the reflection of the helmets, since the helmets would have had like a special reflective tint for, uh, like you know, like glare from the sun or any other light source while being on the moon. I could see yeah, that Rick, being a thing. Yeah, Ricky yeah. also had a theory about um, there being a radioactive layer um, between us, the moon, and the sun. That is very harmful to us, and the reason why we haven't been back is because we haven't figured out how to properly insulate the astronauts from that radiation. My theory, though, um, kind of, well, doesn't really debunk it, but it kind of uh, is a, we actually have found a way, but we're not utilizing it. So if you've watched Ancient Aliens, at some point um, they talk about gold. They talk about um, the Anunnaki who came down here to mine gold, right? So they needed gold in order to restore their um, ozone layer, right? Because apparently if you crush you crush gold into powdered form and sprinkle it all over the fucking surface of the atmosphere, it'll actually rebuild a depleted ozone layer. So with that in mind, um, there have been many accounts where um, gold has been used as a way to shield yourself against radiation so if they were to basically line the suits with gold they could protect the astronauts from that radiation because gold can protect you from radiation hmm. that's what that's that's what they said and Indeed, there nasa also, does does use there gold on, on their satellite ufos or also ufos that were also coated in gold As a means of radioactive protection. And if you travel in, you know, space, you're going to come, you know, across many different stars. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which means multiple forms of radiation at any given point in time. So you're going to need something to protect yourself. I mean, shows like Star Trek always talked about how the ships had to be, like, lined. You know, like, and obviously this is science fiction, but they talk about how the ships would have to be, like, lined the halls with like certain materials to protect the crew from radiation or space debris puncturing the ship and yeah but the funny thing habit. about the funny thing about science fiction though um some of it is has been proven to be science fact oh yeah no, right, it's only fiction until you can prove that it's possible right and that's pretty much what i'm getting at so just like they said like um, that whole, like, there will never be, like, lightsabers and shit. I was like, that's because we haven't discovered the technology in order to create it. And in fact, mm -hmm. there are some guys who actually have created the first actual lightsaber. Now, it doesn't do, like, everything in the movies, but I've it can touch. Some of that. 
Yeah. So it is possible. Yeah. So for those who don't think that, like, you know, being tied down to a table like James Bond getting sliced in half by a laser isn't going to happen, probably is going to happen at some point. Hopefully, nobody, hopefully, it's not a human getting sliced in half, but you know. Or it's already there. We just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. For all we know, it could be out there. I mean, what's the. What's the rule of thumb? A lot of new technologies that make their way to the consumer have already been in use somehow by the government or the like military for at least 15, 10 to 15 years. Not 20. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. look at drones. They're everywhere now. What was it like the early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s when you kind of were seeing them like dropping bombs over Iraq or for like surveillance? And now it's like, hey, you and I could go to Best Buy right now and pick up a little, a small drone for like three hundred bucks, if yeah, not even less. Right around two thousand eight, give or take, right? Maybe a little bit less. Maybe a little bit before. I remember like, like hearing about it after uh, two thousand one when like we're going to war in Afghanistan, but I didn't hear about drones until sophomore year in high school. I was always the nerd for like aeronautics. Somehow I didn't get into that though. Here I am. But no, yeah, like, a, you know, back to the topic at hand. You know, like like you said, science fiction theories always can always become real as long as you prove it. And yeah, just like with this right here, I mean, hell, for all we know, we haven't been to the moon. I mean, heck, I'm looking at a part here that says it's possible that a lot of the pictures of us on the moon, the reason that they, you know, one, they look poorly because these pictures were taken in the mid sixties, mid to late sixties. But too, like we probably were using early forms of Photoshop in order to edit these pictures and make them look real. I mean, nothing looks realer than a picture that looks all hazy and blurry, and you can't really call out the fine details to say that hey, this looks kind of sketchy. Yeah, and the funny thing, I, uh, back when I used to work at uh, Niagara, me and my uh, coworker uh, Ron, uh, Ronald. We used to bounce uh, conspiracy theories off each other just because it was something to do. We worked 12-hour mm-hmm. shifts in a hot-ass plant, and me and him both love like those kind of conversations. So me and him uh, got into a debate on the pretty much the whole moon theory and pretty much space travel, where someone basically stated that if you can go to the moon, then you can travel space. I'm like, not quite. Um First off, like technically speaking, yes, but you'll probably die before you reach anywhere. And then I think we um, need like a and we need like a consistent fuel for going to travel space. Yeah, I'm I'm getting at that. So the theory, the, the debate that we had was mm-hmm. if we were to start traveling space, because there there'd be a few key things that we need to be able to control. We need to be able to control how fast we go, um, what direction we go in. Right. Um the g-force anomaly we'd have to deal with that oh yeah because if you're going to be traveling yeah. speed of light you're not going to like you're not going to act like you're on a ship on star trek or on star wars just walking around like it's nothing yeah so there was that and then of course there was also shielding against you know radiation so i came up with a couple of theories um one i believe that all of those um ufos if you look at um, most of the uh, videos and look real closely, it kind of looks like there's a slight force field around it that's mm-hmm. kind of protecting it. 
And I also think that they also have some mechanisms that create inertial, uh, inertial dampeners, a term from Star Trek, where basically it, so no matter what's happening outside, the it can crew be has, like a, has a stable everything, environment inside. Yep. Everything inside is basically like its own gravity, its own planet. So no matter if you're upside down, if you move in fast, like mm-hmm. nothing's happening inside because you're good. It's almost like someone encased you in mercury. And no matter what's happening, everything inside the liquid is still perfectly fine. So you can go up to speeds of however fast you want, even break the sound barrier and not break your damn neck while you're driving. And then two, um, coat the coat the entire thing in gold to protect it from radiation. Um, but also line um, whoever's inside the vehicle kind of come up with like a thread of some sort to kind of a gold thread lining to kind of create so that way you can protect them just in case the radiation shielding doesn't hold. It at least gives you enough protection. So that was uh, my theory behind that one. Uh, And I basically said, all you got to do is be able to generate force fields big enough to surround your vehicle. And then you can basically defy the laws of physics because the laws of physics are as it stands of our understanding of our reality and gravity as it is right now. But if we start encountering things that basically prove that our laws of physics are incomplete, Mm. then we have to start taking that new discovery into account and readjust things, adding that new discovery as a variable, right? Because as it stands, we are basically, technically speaking, we're all falling towards the center of this damn earth, but the only reason we haven't is because we have ground to stand on. But if there was no ground between us and the center of the earth, that'd be one hell of a free fall all the way down. Yeah, and funny, uh, funny thing about the center of the earth, I don't think that it's that, like, I don't think they actually know what's at the center of the earth. It's all been estimations and guesses, but they haven't actually seen what's at the center of the earth. Oh, here's an interesting fact. One in ten Americans do not believe the moon landing really happened. That's a high number. Yeah, that's a very high number. That makes you question a lot of things. You can say one in a hundred, okay, whatever. But one in ten, that's pretty high. That means any I can walk out of my house right now, go into like a freaking well, everything's closed, but I can walk out of my house right now, go up to a group of people, and if there's ten of us, be like, hey, who here thinks we haven't been in the moon? And I might get lucky and somebody's gonna raise their hand and say, I don't think we've been in the moon. Like I'll admit I was I was fifty fifty on it. Because I wanted to believe that we made it to the but then after watching this TikTok video I saw a couple of days ago where this guy basically said, no, nah, like it's it, it's from a history channel. So um, this guy uh, basically yeah. said, like, um, like I used to work for NASA and I went and like I had a question like, hey. Oh, there we That was Tish. Damn it. So. This guy basically asks a question. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, all right. So he basically asks a question. Why we, haven't been <laughs> we haven't been, why we haven't been, dude. Trying to talk. 
He asked the question because he worked at NASA. He asked him around like, hey, how come we haven't been back to the moon? And um, one of the guys said, oh, it's because we haven't yet. He was like, what? He was like, at that point, we didn't have the technology to actually physically make it to the moon. So he staged it. Now we do, and we can go back to the We can go to the moon. So it's like, uh, I'd like to see, like, 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 I know, you know, like someone saying some shit is one thing. I'd like to see, like, video evidence of him saying that. Yeah. Like, if you got that guy on camera and he stated his credentials and how long he's worked there, and, like, if if he was there during the whole thing, then cool. Otherwise, just going off your word, I mean, anybody can say anything. But it does kind of raise the question, if you think about it, like, why the hell, like, like, what what other sense does it make other than, you know, budgeting and uh, funding, which, to be honest, if you were, like, if you say, like, because you said, like, it's because Americans lost interest, um, I didn't realize we were going to space for entertainment. Yeah, that's kind of like what I was going to get at. Unless as a society we become less interested in actual, like, in in the, like, development of, like, as a, let me, I'll say it, as a species in creating, in, like, exploring, like, new frontiers, exploring, like, what's out there in space, then, yeah, then maybe I can see how governments would say, you know what, space exploration is important. We got a thousand other things. A lot. We got millions of other things to like spend our budget, our tax budgets on, you know. Yeah. But like you said, like if this is, you know, this isn't for entertainment. Well, in our last episode of the Inner Monologue, our friend pointed out how somebody at the Arizona Memorial said, "I thought this would be fun." So I can see how maybe, in a sense, yeah, people nowadays don't really give a damn. Which is kind of disappointing considering you don't give a damn, but there's a ton of sci-fi shows about space exploration. You think that right there alone would tweak people's interests. But that's my thing. Like we were so heavily into it when we were all like, we need to get to the moon. Like we need to beat the Russians. We need to get to the moon. Everybody was like on board and then just slowly over the years, like we stopped hearing about you know, new developments on shuttles, the next mission. It, just and, 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 now, and since you mentioned that, is it like, were we only interested because, oh, we didn't want communists to be the first ones on the moon? Like, we didn't want, like, are, are we that? At that point, no offense, and again, I'm a proud American, but are we that pathetic as a society that the only way we're going to do something is if someone else is competing against us to do it? Yeah, because right, nobody, cause, cause nobody our, else is trying to go back, go to the moon. Because so if our fellow know. man has to be like the ones, like if I, I mean the only only country I can imagine at this point that might give another space program a shot might be China. Are you telling me if China tomorrow says we're going to come up with a space program and we're going to make it to the moon in five years, is that what it's going to take for us to like say, hey NASA, here's like. Four percent of our national budget again, like we used to do in the 1960s, compared to 0.4 percent for to f- of funding now. If that's the case. That's pathetic. 
All right, not so just that aside. That aside. Yeah. That aside. Um, I don't honestly think anyone gives a flying fuck about who we're competing against to get into space. The simple fact that we're going into space and think about we got all these cameras and phones and shit. So we can take some nice ass pictures, some good ass video, and actually see some shit. Mm-hmm. Like for example, we like most. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the moon does not rotate. It orbits around the Earth, but it does not rotate whatsoever. So the dark side of the moon has always been the dark side of the moon. Which Who is why, like, over there? like every time I see the moon, I always wonder, like, how come I always see the exact same side of the moon? And I'm like, oh fuck, it doesn't rotate. At all. And going back to the whole alien thing, thinking like, well, if you had to establish a base to monitor the Earth and make sure no one can see you, why not put it on the dark side of the moon? No one will ever know you're there. It's not like we're going to fucking go there because we haven't been there since the 60s, apparently. So, yeah, if you want to monitor your science experiment, Moon is the best place to do it. That and under the oceans, because like ten, like the ten percent of our brain power that we only use, we've only mm-hmm. explored ten percent of our oceans. Then other ninety percent left unexplored, and we still haven't explored it. But we have the nerve to try and. Venture out in space when we haven't even seen everything this planet has to offer. And my theory about the the time lapse photos that I showed you, some of them, uh, depending I, on which one, I've only shown two. But I just went on a website and looked at them. Like astronauts supposedly on the moon. Can I finish? So, the time lapse trails, um, some of them apparently headed in the direction of the Bermuda Triangle. And basically, someone's theory was that the Bermuda Triangle's mystery is not a mystery at all. It's basically where all the shuttles go to land because they've never been in space. So when people Mm. say ships have disappeared, I'm pretty sure that they came in contact with the people protecting that space and they sunk their ships and killed them to make sure they never said what they saw. It's It's like getting too close to Area 51 pretty much. Yeah, but now we can go in every mm-hmm. one because they quote unquote moved everything. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's all we got for today. Episode ran a little bit long, but uh, we got some good uh, we got some good discussion in there. Hopefully, next time uh, uh, the guys, uh, everybody else can you know join in and we can all collaborate on our uh, theories and thoughts. Um, but as we go forward, we'll definitely be bringing in a lot more, you know, not just conspiracy theories, we'll probably have more stuff to add to the channel, I mean, so. If this captures your attention, ladies and gentlemen, check us out. Yeah, and to be honest, um, we may end up doing a follow-up on this uh, question, because I honestly want to hear uh, Jose and Rick's uh, mm-hmm. ideas on, on, on the subject, so. Um, we'll definitely be having a part two to this. Yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in to uh, our first conspiracy exploration. Um, please like, share, and subscribe. Comment down below. Follow us on all our social, me- social media platforms. And I uh, hope everybody's being safe out there. We'll catch you guys on the next one.
Peace. Peace out.